Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Help TVO create a better world through the power of learning. Visit TVO.org and make a tax-deductible donation today. What's the likelihood of winning a Governor General's Literary Award for young people's literature? That might just be the kind of thing that the main character of Sarah Everett's book, The Probability of Everything, would try to figure out. It's the story of a girl obsessed with odds and the chances of things occurring, including the end of the world. As it turns out, the book did win the prestigious award in 2003, and we're pleased it brings Sarah Everett to our studio. Welcome to our studio, and congratulations, of course. Thank you so much. All right, so we've teased a little bit about the book. It has something to do with probability. Mm-hmm. Walk us through, sort of, in a nutshell, what the book is about. Okay, so the book is about um, 11-year-old Kemi, Um, She is, as you said, obsessed with probability. Um, Her family is very uh, close-knit, Nigerian-American family. And um, at the start of the the book, we find out that there is an asteroid headed for Earth. I don't think that's a spoiler. (laughs) Um, And um, yeah, and it's about uh, Kemi sort of collecting this time capsule to make sure that her family is remembered by the next Earthlings. Why is... Kemi is so fascinated with the science of probability. I think because um, the idea of certainty and um, uncertainty in the world, I think that when you're at her age and going through the things that she's going through and her family's going through, um, it's kind of, you're grappling with what are the chances that um, this happens versus that happens and um, how how are things gonna progress? Let's talk about Kemi. Uh, you mentioned she's Nigerian. Uh, the book itself is set in, in the U.S. Uh, you're here. You're from Canada. Was her, her character inspired by a particular person? Did it have anything to do with you? <laughs> um, I would say that she's a pretty good proxy for me. Um, it started off that I I thought I was writing about a totally different character, and um, as time went on, I sort of got feedback from. Um, early readers, and they were like, oh, this character is a lot like you. (laughs) And I was like, "Mm, yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) How so? Um, So she definitely loves STEM, science and and math, which I did too as a kid. Um, Very close to her family. Um, Again, uh, she's Nigerian, which I am too. And so, yeah, I would say those those similarities. Uh, The book you could say, was inspired by your own experience with grief. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, So when I was uh, five, I had an uncle who lived with my family. Um, We were very uh, close to him, and he was a big part of the family. Um, And then he suddenly passed away um, without warning, Hmm. at least to me. And um, what was interesting about that experience was it um, it was my first experience of losing someone that I cared about. And um, there was so much mystery around it. I don't know if it's a Nigerian culture thing, but no one really talked about what was happening. And I would later find out 
in fact, a few years ago recently, I, I found out that um, he had actually passed from sickle cell disease, uh-huh. which um, I don't know if you know, it has a, a shorter life expectancy to begin with. So um, there could, there probably would have been signs or there, there would have been other sort of health complications that I could have been aware of. But um, because there was sort of this hush-hush nature of it, um, I didn't find out until I was much older that he had been sick and that, um, and that, that he would pass away as he did. And there was just, because of that, a lot of trauma for me as a kid, because you don't really know what's happening, especially when people aren't really talking about it. Lots of questions for sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the process uh, in writing this book, because from what I understand, and even just hearing you tell that story, how how raw it it still is, um, how long did it take to write this book? Um, so that's a complicated answer <laughs> because I, um, the book was sort of born um, about a decade ago. That was when I first conceived of the idea after another experience of grief, actually. Mm. And um, I started writing it in 2020 um, with around the same time as the George Floyd uh, riots and things like that. And um, it took me about six months to write all in all. But I would say that definitely the process of writing it was a decade or or more long. So, you 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 mentioned sort of that new kind of loss uh, that in terms of when we talk about the names of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, could you elaborate a little bit about that? What do you, what do you mean by as you describe a, a new kind of loss? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So I would say that probability um, as a book is is inspired by each of the significant sort of losses in my life. Um, There was the one when I was five with my uncle. There was one when I was a little bit older as a teenager. And there was one, um, well, I think that as a society, we all sort of grieved the loss of uh, those those precious lives, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. Um, And I think that the idea of different types of loss and different uh, stages of loss that really appealed to me. Um, there's ch- there's loss as a child, so childhood loss. There's um, loss as an, an older person, an adult. And there's also loss, um, a communal sense of loss. Mm. And I think that I wanted to touch on all three when I was writing this book, um, because I think all they all have different facets. Um, and the ways that we uh, grieve those and approach those are significantly different. And I hoped to convey um, loss in all those different ways in the book. I'm curious, did your feelings towards grief evolve through that period, from even from the inception of the book, through your own personal grief, through what society was grieving as well? Did your relationship with grief change and evolve? I think it really did. Um, I think... The perspective on grief is probably the biggest thing that changes. It starts with, you know, childhood. You have this very myopic um, view of what loss is. And there's kind of a a baffling um, sort of sentiment to, like, where did this person go and um, what happened? That kind of thing that happens when you're a child. And then as you get a little bit older, there might be more emotion attached, you know, the different phases of grief. 
And then um, grieving as a society, I think, um, for sure, as a Black person who um, who was sort of watching the George Floyd um, debacle, um, it was heartbreaking and um, frustrating. And I think that those elements can definitely be a huge part of grief. Grief isn't just the sadness or the mourning or the loss. It's also sometimes anger and it's disbelief and it's confusion. And I hoped to bring all those things together in the book. As we know, grief does not discriminate. Uh, dealing with grief when you're younger can look quite different from grieving as an adult. What are some of the nuances you had to take into consideration when writing about grief for a younger audience? Because this book is geared towards a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, a lot of times people think that um, the books have that are written for young people um, have to sort of be dumbed down <laughs> or watered down. And... Um, I, it, I, it was really important to me that not only was that not the case, but that um, it was written in a way that is honest and um, truthful to the experience of grief, but also something that would open up conversation between kids and their parents and the people around them. Um, so definitely I hoped that, um, that through, through the book, um, kids would find sort of the language to discuss elements of grief, um, to express, oh, this is the, this sounds like what I was going through. Or, you know, even even the parts of the book that are a little less um, heavy, things like building a time capsule and um, family time and things like that. So I, I hope that there were those different layers that would appeal to, to children. All right, I want to change gears a little bit. I want to talk about your very impressive resume. Correct me if I'm right here. Probability of Everything is your fifth book? Yes. I'm curious, are there certain themes that you like revisiting in your books? Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely do enjoy going back to the same well. Um, I think that a lot of authors do. Um, In fact, I... I read something recently, I'm not sure which author it was. They said um, they are pretty much rewriting the same book <laughs> for their whole career. Okay. And, um, and I, I think that I sort of relate to that. Um, there definitely are themes that I find that even if I don't put them intentionally in the book, they sort of come back. Um, so things like grief, um, family is a huge factor in my books. Um, what else? There are... Um, relationships between between characters and different dynamics, um, emotions, strong emotions, those those sort of core factors that, um, yeah, they keep sort of recurring in my books. One of your characters uh, in the book makes uh, this says this phrase: "Make waves." And I want to talk about when it comes to literature by and for young black readers. How does the current Canadian landscape hold up? Hmm. Um, so I would, I think I've been guilty, like a lot of Canadians, uh, readers and writers, of sort of believing that there's not much happening <laughs> on the Canadian literary landscape. Um, I've, I've been learning that it's not, that's not the case. Um, there are a lot of really great um, 
Canadian authors, um, Black Canadian authors particularly. Um, yeah, there's like Lawrence Hill with uh, Beatrice Croc mm -hmm. and, the, and Croc Harry. Yep. Um, there's also um, Louisa Oname, um, Lizelle Sanbury, um, yeah, Jael Richardson. There's there's a lot that of really great authors that are out there making great work, and um, I I I think that it's a very exciting time for Canadian literature. Let's talk about your inspirations. Who were they? Was there particular pieces or authors that uh, kind of got you going in this direction? Yeah. So uh, I always say that the book that kind of made me as a writer, more more so than a reader, but a writer. Um, the thing that made me who I am as a writer is um, the book Charlotte's Web. Oh, why is that? Well, it was the first book I read that um, featured a huge loss in it. Right. It was the first book that made me cry. And um, it kind of blew my mind, the idea that a book could um, create such complex, deep emotion and that was allowed and that was, it was okay to express grief as a result of a book and to take risks and, um, and to write for young readers. That also was something that um, was new to me at the time. All right. I, I'm curious, uh, moving, segueing from that, have you received any feedback from young people about how your book might have helped to them navigate through tough situations? Mm -hmm. um, so my book is for uh kids ages 8 to 12 and up, um, hopefully can be read by others as well. But um, because it's written for a slightly younger audience, I often hear from their parents or um, their guardians and uh, teachers sometimes. And it's very much, um, they might be like, oh, this is from Jimmy. And then it goes to Jimmy and <laughs> Jimmy's like, oh, I'm having, I'm reading your book and I'm having so much fun. And um, there's also... I think more than um, just the grief element, which is, of course, really important. Um, I've been seeing kids making like um, time capsules. I've seen them um, making asteroids. So there's there's the fun part of the book and then there's the sort of deeper themes. And I'm, I've been lucky to hear back from readers on both of those um, people who are excited and and um, enjoying the book for for all its components. I do want to ask, and it's a curious one, um, seeing how a lot of Kemi's uh, characteristics and traits, as you mentioned, might tie to you. You live here in Canada, but you set her and her family in the US. Was yes. that a conscious decision? What was the reasoning behind that? Yeah, it is a conscious decision. And I think in some ways it kind of um, speaks to a blind spot I had in terms of what we were talking about. Mm. Um, Canadian literature, not, not sort of feeling like I had permission to write about uh -huh. Canadian um, stories, but also um, I think for better or for worse, um, the U.S. is sort of considered um, a general sort of um, ideal space for, for where many books are set. Hmm. And I think that when we, um, when you talk about a city in the U.S. or a small town in the U.S., we all sort of have the same 
um, idea in our mind. And because of that, that makes it a little easier for readers to sort of enter and with that and not um, think too much about, oh, like what's what's happening there? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Because the book does deal with quite a few complex themes. So I wanted to make that part easy for readers where the environment, the setting is just pretty straightforward. All right. I want to go back and make some and help. I'm hoping you can help us understand those terms here. There's young adult fiction, and then we have middle grade fiction. You talked about sort of the age range, 8 to 12 age, uh, in terms of who this is geared to, but of course many can enjoy, like myself. Um, What's the difference? Um, So young, I often say the book is just for young readers, and that sort of encapsulates two uh, two age groups. The first is um, middle grade, which tends to be for readers 8 to 12, And then there's teen fiction or young adult fiction, which is 12 and 18, 12 to 18. Mm. Um, And so those two categories together make up young readers um, fiction. You yourself have have stayed sort of in that area and genre in terms of writing. Do you see yourself continuing to write for younger audience or is there maybe perhaps a day where you're writing adult fiction? Yeah, I... um, I hope to write a little bit of everything eventually, um, but I definitely consider it a, a huge honor to write for younger people at the moment. Um, I feel like it's such an interesting developmental stage uh, for, for kids to be in. And it's also, um, it's formative and it's, um, it's dynamic, it's interesting. It's, um, there's a lot happening and there's a lot of uh, fruit for or sorry, seed for um, for uh, things that are sort of developing in their lives. And that gives me the opportunity to um, play with different themes that I might not be able to in adult fiction. But also I, I, do, um, I do think that kids are, are the best readers. They're so, um, they'll tell you when they like something they can be harsh. They'll say, they'll tell you when <laughs> they don't honest, like yeah. something. Yeah, and um, and that that makes my job as an author really fun. Do you ever get worried that maybe sometimes the themes and, and topics in in your books might be maybe maybe a, a couple years down the line it might make sense, or is it is that something that you constantly have to challenge yourself and be like, no, this is you know with grief, mm-hmm. you know anyone can lose. Anyone, like you've mentioned, you can lose a pet at a young age as well or something like that. Do you ever find you have to challenge yourself as well? Yeah, um, I think that there's sort of this misconception that um, that kids need to be protected or sheltered from um, books that deal with deeper themes, things like grief, as you said, um, sickness. Um, and I think that what's actually true is that they are experiencing those things. We can't protect them from the realities of life. Mm -hmm. And so um, what books and other forms of um, media often teach kids is um, they give us a way to bring up those topics with kids. Um, Hopefully they are a way to talk about those things in a safe sort of, um, a safe, comfortable environment where they're able to ask their questions and work through their feelings and hopefully, um, and hopefully, uh, become familiar and able to express themselves as they get older. 
All right. In our last 30 seconds, I do want to ask, uh, what advice do you have for young folks, particularly young folks of color who are out there thinking about publishing a book, mm. um, but don't know where to start? Mm. Um, probably the first thing I would say is that there's room for you. Um, I think that as I was starting out as a younger um, writer, I definitely didn't always feel like there was, um, there was room or that anybody wanted to read my work. And um, I've, I've been lucky to discover that's not the case. So um, keep writing and um, do your research. <laughs> and um, yeah, and just believe in yourself. As uh, Kemi's father would say, make waves. Make waves, exactly. Um, what's next for you? I have another book, a Middle Grade, that's coming out in um, October. It's called The Shape of Lost Things. And um, yeah, available October. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. Congratulations again. It was a fantastic read. And thank you for joining us in studio. Thank you so much for having me. The Agenda with Steve Pakin is made possible through generous philanthropic contributions from viewers like you. Thank you for supporting TVO's journalism.